Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about some trailers. There was three different trailers we'll be talking about, including What If, Visions, and also the new Disney movie, Enchanto. We'll also be talking about San Diego Comic-Con and loads of reviews. We're going to be talking about Loki, Monsters at Work, Black Widow, and a whole lot more. But before we jump into any of that, quick bit of housekeeping. If you haven't already done so, make sure you go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com. You can like and follow us on Twitter and Facebook to keep up with all of our latest news. We've also got a mailing list as well over on the website if you wish to do so. Um, this podcast is supported by um, our supporters on Patreon and YouTube channel members, where you can become a member from as little as $2 a month. You get early access to some of our review videos. You also get to support us, you get your name at the end, and so a big thank you first off now to our members of the Goad and above, including Sarah, thank you very much for all of your support. We've also got Andrew, Jacob, Caleb, Red Mars Man, Andrew, Cody, Darren, The Juice, Lauren, and James. Well then over on uh, YouTube, we've got Bad Dog Gamer, Johnny T, Jay, we've got Raphael, My VCR Still Works, Bina, Joshua, Adam, dawn we've also got martin jeremy and sarah and if you um if you're a youtube channel member you also get um access to our weekly q a live chat you can join in with that and both patreon and youtube channel members can ask questions for the weekly q a which happens on sundays so there we go so that is our the bit of housekeeping um kind of a bit of a, a strange week with um july the 4th it was like a little bit light on news and then we've had a little bit of news it's been a bit all over the place compared to normal um but we did get a number of trailers so last weekend on there was the anime expo and that they showed off the first look at the upcoming disney plus series visions which is a collection of shorts um done by studios in japan um, called star wars visions and very different these are non-canon non these are just way out there kind of off in the distance nothing to do with star wars but all to do with star wars and I saw these and I was instantly like, yes, more of this, please. Um, I just think we're going to be getting all, I think, it's, I, don't know, I don't know how many shorts we're going to be getting. We're going to get all of them on the 22nd of September. They're not stretching them out or anything like that. Um, and for me, I just saw this a lot of fun. Some of them are going to be good. Some of them are going to be crazy. Some of them are going to not know what they are. But for me, this is exactly what we should get. You know, something, something different. They let something else happen with Star Wars. Because I think in some ways, Star Wars has been a little bit, guarded and keeping everything everything the same keep moving i think this is like the first step in them kind of allowing a little bit more freedom what did you think of that trailer it's an interesting trailer uh, a lot of different styles being shown off there too which is uh one of the the hallmarks of modern anime i think uh, i don't know too much <laughs> modern but uh we get like these anthology uh things all the time i know batman had yeah. one uh, a number of years ago obviously the matrix had one uh, you know digging way back yeah um we've seen marvel ones before i know there was like an iron man uh, uh anime i think the x-men have had an anime yeah. things like that uh and disney has a, a very interesting relationship with with anime companies because you know we've got like kingdom hearts which yeah sure it's a video game not uh not a cartoon project but very similar in scope and things like that so it'll be be interesting to see what they do with it. And I think the fact that they are disconnecting it from continuity means that they don't have to worry about story quite as much because mm -hmm. you don't have to, you know, establish the characters. You don't have to worry about how they fit into anything. You can just go, all right, we're going to have two guys with lightsabers and they're going to fight for five minutes straight in some of the most crazy action sequences you've, you've seen. 
But then there's also like one with like a bunny as a Jedi, and there's all kind of like weird looking well, ones. Yeah, so the bunny is weird because historically there was that old Marvel comic series, no longer canon. We're talking yeah. from like the 70s yeah. and 80s, and there was a bunny in there. Yeah. Uh, a different design than what we saw here, but close enough that you kind of go, yeah. oh, uh, inspired by it. I believe the original was also not a Jedi, but mm. it's an interesting nod towards that old yeah. Star Wars series. As, so, as someone that grew up on Bucky O'Hare, I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, <laughs> so do you remember Bucky I mean, O'Hare? Yeah. The name is familiar to me. I don't, I did not. It was, it was a cartoon series when I was a kid. It was all about a, a hair that was in space and it was a full on action. It was kind of like in, the, I think it was maybe around the time of Jason, the wheeled warriors and uh, biker mics, bikes from Mar- Mar- I remember the biker mics. Yeah. <laughs> so there's all those kind of things, but yes, for me, I like to listen to just like, this is just fun. This is something different, something. And I'm kind of in some way liking that. I'm liking the idea that they can kind of stretch out, try something different out. Um, I hope we get more of this, you know, there are lots of questions as well about, you know, should Disney start buying up some anime? Because anime has been really popular on Hulu. Um, you know, should they buy it from studios to do some more content? And I'm thinking, let them, you know, let, you know, let, let them work with them, do something different, let them come up with some different stories. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think having it in like non-canon as well allows more flexibility for freedom. Um, because not everything has to be canon. And I think that's the, the, the issue sometimes we do get if it gets a little bit too caught up then in trying to make everything link up. And yeah, I just thought this was great. I mean, I love them. This as well. Let them, do, let them work on some other franchises. Let them do some Disney stuff. Let them do some Marvel. Let them, you know, stretch out their um, wings a bit and do some different stuff. Different kind of content's great. I think that's the key thing. You know, we don't want everything always the same. And um, I mean, I, I, I haven't watched anime for a while, but I know when I was a teenager, I used to watch loads of it, loads of manga um, things used to be released over here as well. And, and I used to, you know, record them all at night. I think like Legend of the Dragon, I can't remember exactly, but I used to watch loads of anime when I was a teenager, it just kind of grew, sort of grew out of it. Um, but I, 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 can appreci- I do appreciate at least um, that, you know, that there's a big market for it. Yeah, I, I watched... Uh, someone as a kid, I I watched stuff I probably should not have watched as a kid because I grew up watching like Ghost in the Shell and Akira, yeah. which uh, not kid friendly at all. I I watched them a bit later um, when they were on uh, Adult Swim, I think it was, yeah. or one of those one of those late night cartoon things. And then we had Gundam Wing and uh, Cowboy Bebop and things like that. I haven't watched anime since uh, Full Metal Alchemist was uh, the original Full Metal yeah. Alchemist was coming out, so it's been a while. Mm. I every once in a while you. you you catch something or other, but this, it might be an interesting introduction into it or reintroduction for many of us. Mm. I know it's super popular at the moment. I know HBO Max has their little section of it. Hulu has it as well. Uh, but to go back to one of the, the questions you asked mm. there, should Disney buy one of these companies? I'm thinking like, no, because it's such a massively crowded market based on, because I did a little bit of quick research. just like, what, what's the new anime out? And it's like, apparently it's all coming out like literally right now, like we're in the middle of the new season and there's something like 40 or 50 new anime coming out right now. And just like, I wouldn't even know where to begin. No, I, I just feel like, you know, if they could get some, get um, an anime, you know, even if they can just get a few a year, just something, you know, maybe use some of their, their popular franchises and kind of tap into that and kind of give us something different. I don't, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of Disney animation, make a lot of TV series, but it'd be nice to kind of have something, a little bit fresh. I mean, the thing is, Disney's had a lot of, um, they had a lot of success with Pokemon on the Disney Channel. You know, that was one of their, you know, 
shows that did very well. It wasn't one of theirs, but they obviously saw the data coming through. I think they don't know if they did. Um, there's probably some other ones and stuff they've watched, but again, I just have not been keeping up with what they've I, been watching. Dis- Disney had Pokemon for a while. Yeah, Disney. Yeah, Disney. The Disney Channel had Pokemon. Um, I, huh. I think up to recently, so they didn't have this. I mean, they were even on Pokemon was even on Disney now in the US. Um, so they they if they've been a big part of it. And I think now like Netflix has a lot of a lot of the deal with Pokemon. But I I definitely see Pokemon popping up. And they wouldn't you like to watch Pokemon Journey Adventures of um, yeah. um eh? I actually yeah. I do like Pokemon. I've never got into the anime for it though. Yeah. Well, I kind of. Kind of isn't Pokemon just mainstream anime? When you kind of... I, yeah, at this point, I, yeah. I'd almost not consider it anime. It's it's yeah. it's like the new series is coming out. Oh, well, it'll be over here in a couple yeah. of weeks. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I mostly stick to the yeah. uh, to the video games anyway. Yeah, but so there we go. So that's Vision. So I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Also, kind of in the same vein, we got the first full trailer for Marvel's What If, which is going to be coming um, on August 11th. Um, that'll probably be a, it's going to be a weekly release. I'm not holding out on the fact that we might not get two to begin with, but I think because it's Marvel, probably less likely. So we got the first trailer and we got a poster. And we've been seeing stuff revealed with like some of the, the pop liners and the, and the Lego sets over the past few weeks ahead of it. Um, for me, this show looks bonkers. It looks very different. I wasn't too keen on the art style of the Tony Stark bit at the beginning, but as, as the episode went on, I kind of was digging in the art style, but I found it a bit, jarring to begin with and then kind of got into it but um a load of weird wacky stuff going on in this one really kind of being able to lean in on doing something a little bit different i'm loving this i've always been a huge lover of the what if comic books they've always been ones i've been drawn to for i i think i've been reading those ones on and off for like 20 years um i think i always liked as well that there were one-offs you know you when you went into that comic book store and you had you know thousand marvel comic books in front of you there was that kind of feeling of the what if one was always like i can buy that one because it doesn't matter what i've read before or it, it, it's a one-off and i always like that and i think that always was i'm a big part of it and i've read quite a load of them on marvel unlimited as well yeah the, the what ifs are always fun uh at, i don't think all of them you can read kind of on their own they're definitely ones that that maybe require you to to look back at the original series i don't think that'll be a problem with the um uh, call it cartoon i don't uh with this series that's coming up uh but you, you do always movie. get yeah yeah, yeah. like you, the beginning of the trailer you've got iron man one it's very clearly he's yeah. in the humvee from iron man one and they recreate the whole scene and you're like you can watch it without having seen the movie mm. but if you see the movie it you'll see where the fork point comes yeah. and you'll be able to go oh well how does everything change because this this one particular thing changed and that was always the fun part of the comics because they would pick major events like what if this character got this person's powers instead or if this character had died in this situation or had not died in this yeah. situation and they just have so much fun with them especially when you have a writer who clearly loves the stories yeah and that's what they did back in the day too like you would have um, what if Jean Grey had not died uh, in the, the event that would eventually become yeah. the Phoenix situation? And they had the original writer writing the what if. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so someone who was intimately familiar with the story and could then just riff on it and have fun with it. And I think that there'll be a certain aspect of that to this as well. Yeah. And I think as well, if the numbers are good for this one, this is a series that you can just keep running and running and running. It, ne- it never runs out. It's a, it's a 
franchise swing that they can just do. There's been a lot of talk this past week of some of the voice actors like not returning, like um, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., Brie Larson, there was a few others. And people are kind of going, um, whoa, it's like, well, it's an animated series. They don't need them. You know, that's the key thing with an animated series is, and also keeps the cost down. I mean, you know, if the costs are too expensive, you know, that's different. Um, some people, some actors probably are more likely to do it than others. Um, for me, it's an animated, it's like they did, they've got as many as they possibly can. Great. But I could do this, I could do this series without, as long as they're close enough to it, it wouldn't really matter to me at all. Um, but no, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this one. This was definitely, I feel like while it, I know it's, it's, it's technically not part of the, obviously it's not a normal MCU show, but the fact that this is Marvel Studios doing it kind of levels it up for me. It's not a, it's not a Disney Channel um, show. It's, I mean, I grew up watching the Spider-Man animated series from the 90s. You know, we had that one. We had the Batman. The, you know, we grew up on that era of having some great animated series. And then they kind of, some of them drifted off and some of them didn't. But I think this one's going to be a big hit. And I think also just the idea that they're all individual stories. They're going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's going to be some, I mean, you've got like a weird one, like Spider-Man has, has got like the, the, the uh, I don't know if he's the source of Supreme. Uh, it certainly got, looks like he is. That, you know, that looked pretty cool. You've also got um, just Loki there doing a load of weird stuff and Gamora. And I think the idea that Takala become, is Star-Lord, you know, that's kind of, kind of really strange. I think that's going to be like um, the last we see of Jad, uh, Chadwick Boseman. He has to be his last performance for Marvel which kind of, this could be like a really like different thing of it being so different, which I think could be very interesting. Yeah, just as a whole, I'm just really looking forward. And the trailer, like I said, once I got past Tony Stark at the beginning, I liked the look of it, but they were just, it was a bit like, I don't know if it was like Shades. Um, I don't know what it was. So it was just something about that at the beginning. But other than that, the animation looks great. I can't wait to watch it. Um, gonna be different. And I know it's going to cost me a fortune in um, in Lego sets. <laughs> they, they're already they're already revealing them. I know Peggy Carter um, has a, a you can get her with the Captain America shield. Yeah, and they, they stuff like they, that. And the good thing as well, and this is the great thing. And I'm going to be honest, with you, those sets come out on like the first of August, and the series comes out on the 11th, as opposed to like everything else which they do, of where they all come out after, months afterwards, like the Bad Batch set, which I'm waiting for in August, is like you know get these things out you know but yeah that's nevertheless but what if um that will be coming on august the 11th with new episodes i I believe it's a 10 episode series so that'll be then running then right through probably till october so um i imagine yeah if we we probably that would be hawkeye and then leading into miss marvel so i think we're pretty much in in line to have marvel pretty much nearly loki finishes in what next 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 week and next end so I don't, I don't think it's a bad idea to give us a little bit of a break. Um, no, and then of course we have Black Widow just came out this past week yeah. too. So there's there's plenty of Marvel content. It's a good time to go back and rewatch some stuff, mm-hmm. or even just check some of the other stuff out on Disney mm-hmm. Plus. Uh, you know, we'll talk about the Mysterious Benedict Society. That's a great one that's getting kind of overlooked. Uh, one last thought on the the What If line itself. I know a lot of people are super excited for Marvel Zombies showing up there. Mm. That's got to be pretty high on your radar, considering you've been binging The Walking Dead lately. Yes, I will admit I am just about finishing season six of The Walking Dead because it all came to Disney Plus last week, and I'm kind of well, I've binged for at least two seasons on Disney Plus because we're going to be getting the eighth, the eleventh season in or, end of August. Um, it's really funny. I was over at my friend's house last night. 
and they are just going back and rewatching The Walking Dead, and we're having this full-on discussion because they were loving the fact because obviously they they're ahead of me, but you know they've been trying to get us to watch it for years, and they're like, oh yeah. <laughs> and so we had a full-on conversation last night about it, and it is one of those things of, I know there been a lot of comments on on social media like people going, why why it's like well it's on it it's disney have the rights to and so they're you know they're they're announcing stuff and yeah so i've been really enjoying a load of zombie stuff the last couple of weeks it does feel a bit odd i'll be honest it still feels a thing but yeah if anyone's what if they're disney watching my account they'll just see just just binge watching the talking dead. <laughs> that's what i've been had, had on in the background but yeah i've been really enjoying that one speaking of the walking dead let's now move on to a completely different um, topic so we got another trailer this past week Enchanto, which is a new uh, movie coming out from Walt Disney Animation Studios. That'll be coming out for Thanksgiving this year in in middle of November. First trailer, um, a house, and basically everyone's in the, everyone that lives in the house or in the village, they all have a special unique gift. They all basically have a superpower or um, something, you know, they can do something. And then there's this one girl who can't do anything. She doesn't have a power and they're all kind of like trying to work out what it is. And the music looks pretty cool. Uh, Lin Manuel um, is doing the music for this one, which you know he said. So he, I think at the minute he seems to be having a little bit of a up and down moment. He's like having some really good ones and then some like not. So I'm going off Moana, you know, and Miss uh, Mary Poppins Returns. I'll have the load of music from that one. Um, so looking forward to this one. But what did you think of that trailer? That was a really good trailer. I I enjoyed it quite a bit. It gave me vibes of The Incredibles for multiple reasons, not just because it's. Uh, super people of, of some sort or other, but the animation style reminded me of it too. And I kind of like that idea of the following the unpowered person mm. in a, a group of powered people and, and finding what makes them special. And I, I hope, I hope they have an actual message to it and not just like a, Oh, you're special because you're you and unique individual. I'm, I'm hoping that there, there's something more to it than that. But uh, the trailer looks looks good i i laughed a couple of times in the trailer and i'm looking forward to this yeah as well as that i mean you got the whole kind of um kind of again with coco a bit of a different kind of music um i was i just sort of watched this was like yes i'm in this is exactly again something fresh something new something different i'm totally in on this one and yeah i think we're going to see a little bit more trailers and stuff to see because i don't know we don't really have a clue where, where the story is going with it i'm kind of like that Coco vibe as well, kind of with it as well, and yeah, just really, really looking forward to it. It's kind of like weird. I've watched it a couple of times. I'm like, yeah, I still don't know where this one's going, but um, I just loving the idea they've all got these different superpowers and different iron things. She's bound to have something. I'm sure she's got some special thing that she can do that they don't really know she can do. Um, but at the same time, it's supposed to like represent all of us. She's just a Hawkeye of, of, of the family. That's what it is. <laughs> so she, she's going to shoot a bow and arrow and, and Loki's going to catch it and think he won. And then boom, it's going to explode in his yeah. face. That is the, the climax of the movie. Sorry, you don't have yeah. to watch it anymore. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty. And then there'll be a sing along. Um, yeah, so that, that was looking course. pretty cool. So let's also talk this week. I mean, it was revealed that Marvel Studios will not be taking part in San Diego Comic-Con at home. Also, DC and Warner Brothers won't be taking part. It was a bit of a kind of weird one because there was a lot of talk about um, Marvel not being there. Now, Marvel have skipped the event in the past. Um, now, Disney has actually announced that they're going to be having a load of panels there. There'll be one for the Mysterious Benedict Society. There's going to be a one a load for the 20th century animation shows, Family Guy, The Simpsons, etc. 
and it's kind of the whole thing really like marvel skipping it and people kind of going well why are they skipping it don't they need to be there and it's like well if they've not got a big it's a virtual event this year in july why would they want to be i mean yeah they could they could maybe do a panel for black widow or shang chi but the problem simply is the online comic-con things do not get the same attention that the mainstream ones do because ultimately it's just a zoom call and they that has a limited reach of who it gets to and marvel can do something much better than you know just do sort of you know they can do their own little thing and i was like even even before the whole situation we're in now it always felt a bit like marvel going to san diego comic-con doing the big hall presentation and stuff like next year, Disney are holding, um, they've got Star Wars Celebration in May, and then they're going to have D23 in August. So why go to San Diego Comic-Con? You know, they don't need to. They can do it all themselves. Um, I'd much rather Disney kind of did the opposite thing and go make D23 annual and do their own thing every year. Or do the, you know, a lot of people pointing out with the, like the Disney Investor Day, how much publicity they got from doing their own live stream for four hours for, for, you know, back in December. I mean, that was massive. That one was exploding with people watching that one. Back and you know, Disney have proven that they don't need these big events. Um, the same has been said a lot in the video game sphere with E3 of them going digital the last two years, and Sony sitting out. And you know, this whole thing now of people looking at these big events and going, "Why are we sending? You know, we don't need to do all this. We can do it all, you know, through YouTube and streaming and." You know, yeah, you don't get the same atmosphere, but you don't have to pay another company to do it when you can do it yourself. Yeah, and the big thing, of course, is the the digital part of it. The, it's as you said, it's basically a Zoom call because there's a very big difference about going to an actual convention, being in a convention hall. I've been to San Diego Comic Con, I've been to MegaCon, uh, Baltimore Comic Con, a number of other ones. There is an energy in those places, uh, and you get swept up in it, and yeah. you go to the panels and even if it's something you normally wouldn't be interested in, just the energy in the room really gets to you. You don't have that at home. You don't have that with a Zoom call. Uh, and more often than not, for, for video games, comics, movies, all of this, I don't even bother with the call most of the time. I will, uh, if it's Disney related, I'll go on to what's on DisneyPlus.com and I'll read uh, the summary of it. If it's you know not Disney related, then I'll go to like whatever site's covering yeah. it and just get the bullet points. Oh, this game was announced. They showed a trailer for that. Oh, that sounds interesting. I'll check that one out. It, it's just completely different mm. and of course san diego is one of the biggest ones if not the biggest one uh for comics or comic based media i don't think it's really been about comics for a couple of years now yeah. well maybe a decade honestly but it is still big for the movies mm. you know dc loves to show off their movies there including the animated ones marvel has traditionally shown them off but what what is it in in the current environment it's just a trailer that you then get to have people yeah. talk about for a little bit that it's yeah. completely well, different dc are doing their own dc fandom they did that one last year and that was a big hit and they're returning for that one back in october like the thing is san diego comic-con are trying to kind of do another event at thanksgiving this year and there's been a lot of a lot of people not happy with that for a number of reasons first off doing it over thanksgiving weekend when a lot of americans haven't seen their families and so therefore that'll be, they had to skip last year. So this year they actually want to be with their family. And obviously not everyone, you know, there's different. There's a lot of other talk about the fact that actually talent won't want to go to it because it's over Thanksgiving, you know, that they'll want to spend time with their families and just doing it at a random time. And there's a lot of other people questioning the idea of running these events at this, you know, with what's going on. Now I'll be, I've always wanted to go to San Diego Comic-Con, but 
it's always been that kind of one of um you know is you know if you can you get in all the rest of it um i know like with d23 you know i'm i am planning on going to that one next year i have been to a star wars celebration in the past and i'm planning on going to i won't go to next year because they're both in la within like two three months of each other <laughs> but um you know there is that kind of thing of these events do bring in a lot of people and there's a lot of excitement you know i would regularly go to the um one of the big video game ones over here in the uk so i you know i completely understand why they do them but ultimately now the trouble is they've actually got this essentially they have to stream these shows they have to put them out there because people at home are there's one thing showing them to a group of people in a room that's paid to be there but if you want to get that buzz out, you've got to get that trailer out. You've got to live stream the panel or something. And I wish they did that more you know, rather than you end up watching it through somebody else's periscope. Because like you know, I remember doing that um, in the past. And I just feel like, right, with these big events, there's, there is a place for them. But at the same time, the technology is making it so there's less likely. And uh, they ultimately, uh, quite a few people say, San Diego Comic-Con needs Marvel. Marvel doesn't need San Diego Comic-Con. And that's the, the, the big issue there. I kind of agree with that, but not entirely. Uh, I do think that Marvel creates a bigger draw for San Diego than San Diego creates for Marvel. But it is also important that Disney not get stuck within their own sphere. Mm. You know, D23 is great. Star Wars Celebration is great. I'm sure they're going to try and do something with Marvel at some point in a Mm. similar fashion. But you do need to reach out to the people who don't live in the Disney blogosphere, who, who don't watch shows like this, who who only know about the Marvel shows or, or sorry, the Marvel movies because they catch trailers at the theaters. Uh, we'll come back to that point. Yeah. Um, or through panels at San Diego or, or wherever, one of the big conventions. Uh, because when you're at the Disney D23, it is specifically Disney fans. Yeah. You're, you're in the Disney environment and it can be very easy to forget that that actually only covers a small portion of the market that Disney is trying to reach. It's, I mean, I think as well, like you know, Star Wars Celebration, you know, it pulls in a lot of people. We have to be pretty involved in it. Um, but it's a strange they've not really kind of gone down the full like Marvel doing their own one. I'm surprised they've not kind of worked that one out. But we probably might I'm see sure, some of them. I'm sure they've thought about it, and I'm sure COVID kind of maybe put some of those plans on hold. We might have seen one under normal circumstances. Yes. Yeah, so hopefully at some point we'll find out soon. But let's know what you think of all that um, in the comments below. Let's now move on to some of this week's reviews because we've got loads of them. So what we're going to do, we'll do, um, we're going to do Black Widow last because we might want to get into some spoilers on that one. But we'll do Loki first because Loki was like four days ago. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's one of those weird ones. That I go, well, it's been, out, it's been out enough. So we got this new episode of Loki um, set in some weird apocalyptic version of the future where all the... After you get pruned, you get sent to this place to die from this big fog monster. And it's really funny with this episode because it's like full of action, very... I actually did have to go and turn the HDR settings off on my television because I couldn't actually see what was going on very well. Oh, for it. Interesting. It, was, it just felt really dark. Um, I just had to adjust the, the settings on it. And I find that sometimes with Disney Plus, the, the settings on can get quite dark on some of these shows. I have to close the curtains and everything um, blinds to watch Loki because it's quite dark. Um, huh. I I enjoyed this episode. There's lots of craziness. It did kind of get up to the end of it, and I was like, hmm, so really nothing happened. It was like really strange one of like going, okay, so they did all that and the fog cleared and they 
can now see the building and like and they actually think if you take away all the 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 noise it was just like actually nothing happened (laughs) yeah i can't disagree with that the noise is the episode in this case whereas the other episodes have kind of mixed it in uh with the story while also tossing out the little easter eggs and the the references for for people this one very much was all right we're gonna have 45 minutes of um tossing every easter egg we can possibly think of into the mix i mean you got everything in there and then we'll have (laughs) the thanos copter is the obvious one throg being another one there's a lot in there um uh, and then the last 10 minutes are okay we'll fight this the the fog monster we'll beat the fog monster up um old old man loki will have his his moment Mm -hmm. to shine and and then we're setting up for the final apocalyptic battle yeah. in uh, in the final episode where we'll burn everything to the ground or at least Owen yeah. Wilson will. So. Yeah, um, there's loads of it that was fun. I mean, I, I, did, I did kind of have Harry Potter vibes when he turned up in the little car, in the little mini. And, you know, I, I did like that whole aspect. And obviously him showing up, kind of the idea, okay, so he's not gone either. Um, the, the variant Lokis, the one thing I liked, I did like the idea of the variant... I just wish more of them actually were Tom. I, I had this bit of an issue of why are none of these variants looking like him but one? It just, I would, you know, when they opened it up, it would have had a little bit more impact had there been a few different versions of him. Because um, it's totally like, well, why does every single variant doesn't look anything like him? I know they can do that, but some of them, they just look like random, a random load of thugs have just picked up. They, I, would have, I don't know if it would have had more impact if there'd been a few of them. That was my right. One. Yeah, because we only had regular Loki, our our, our yeah. protagonist Loki, and then um, running for president Loki yeah. were played by Hiddleston. The rest were played by random people. And let, I mean, he might have done the voice for the, the alligator. Maybe I don't know. Um, I don't think. I mean, did. I could at least I think you could at least kind of look at like Richard E. Grant is the older version of him, and you could look at the kid right. one and go, well, he's just a younger version of him. So it's it, but I would just would have liked a few more toms in there just to kind of right. make it a little bit more look like the variants and then obviously sylvie's look at you know we, I, it was just like my one issue with it of why do they all look so different i mean whether or not they're setting that up you know it's a great way of changing the cast now for any anyone <laughs> well and it, it leaves open the possibility that the other characters that we've met in this series up to and including owen wilson are in fact variants of characters that we already know but we'll we'll come back to that next week when hopefully all is revealed um and in regards to that you know it it does feel like the the idea of the variance is fairly arbitrary at this point like I know they hand waved away the whole Avengers Endgame time travel thing yeah. in the first episode, but you're like, seriously, what makes this a variant versus other things? Mm-hmm. Uh, at least with some Lokis, you can go, okay, well, this is the Loki that survived Thanos because he yeah. he ran away. Other ones, it's like, well, he he just happened to kill Thor. There was no like major event. He just he he killed Thor. That, that that's what happened, and it's like. But how is the variant? What triggers the variant? Because it seems like there is no trigger to the variant. It's just, oh yeah, he actually succeeded in killing Thor. There was no, there was no intervening moment. It, it yeah, just it happened. It would be like to me like well, Sylvie would have been a variant the second she was born. So that would have been right. Yeah, that, exactly. That would have been it. So I don't know. That's my only issue with that one. But I'm really there, enjoying this. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's absolutely because there's the other line as well. That the whole thing with this like, keeping this timeline sacred that might be a lie as well you know we now got to everything that the tva have told us might not be true 
And that's the key thing as well, of them trying to prune everything and keeping everything in place. Maybe that doesn't exist either. Yeah, there's a, a lot that they need to cover in the final <laughs> episode next week. Uh, I know I am super excited for it. I actually have Wednesday off, not for the show. Yeah. It, it just happened to work out that yeah. way. I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm taking advantage of this fact. I'm, I'm watching yeah. this first thing on Wednesday. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I I, tend, I watch them pretty much bank because they come out at, at a good time for me. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying Loki. It, it's, it, it does seem on a completely different level than what we've seen so far. It does feel like we're watching a movie. And I mean, there's some stuff there with, with uh, Black Widow that I want to get into later. But for me, Loki really is just been, it has, I mean, the, num- the viewing numbers on this are amazing. A lot of people talking about it. Um, just on a whole, it's just on another level. And it is, it is crazy. I will say the show feels like it, it feels very different from those first couple episodes. You know, as the TV have become less important, as it's kind of like, I mean, it, it, when you talk about craziness, this is a show that's crazy. I mean, it is all over the place. I and mean, then you kind of think you know, how this all interconnects with everything else of just like, you know, it, there is no, it's so much more bonkers than WandaVision ever was. <laughs> it is, it is, you know, you got alligators. <laughs> I, I mean, alligator Loki, frog. I, I'm, yeah. I'm all in on that. And then yeah. all the various like Loki backstabbings going on in this episode. Mm-hmm. But it, it is interesting because you go back even to like episode two. And we talked a lot about how episode two is literally just Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston talking for like 40 yeah. minutes. They're in a library reading yeah. books for almost yeah. the entire episode. And then you have this episode and the previous episode, which are just completely off the wall. Like yeah. just everything falling out of the sky. In some cases, literally uh, bonkers action yeah. coming from everything, special effects going through the roof for a television show. I mean, uh, obviously like the smog monster, the first time I saw it at the beginning of the episode, I was like, this is a television show. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, it was good. They did a really good job with the special yeah. effects. Yeah, it was definitely definitely a cool little thing. Um, but yeah, so that was Loki. Let us know what you thought of that episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts, but I'm really looking forward to this final one. Um, let's now talk about um, the Mysterious Benedict Society. So this one here was the fourth episode. Um, again, such a kooky little show. I'm loving the visual effects of this, of the, of the visual style of it. it. You know, sort of set in the 70s, old school where things can't be fixed with technology. That's the thing I'm really liking about it. It's like, you know, they all got, it just does. But also, and I'm going to say, this was the first episode where, I know they filmed the entire lot outside the, within the pandemic, but it was the first time I felt like there's a lot of outdoor scenes and there was like some CGI things of not having them in the same room, I think a few times. There was a, it felt like a little bit, and I'm going to say that, if you think this is about High School Musical, the music of the series this week, was literally a quarantine video. No one was even in the same room together. And it was very much, I felt with the Mysterious Benedict Society that, it, I don't know if they've changed it. There seemed to be a lot more stuff happening outside. And I don't know if that was, they had to make some changes. Well, it's not even just the things ha- happen outside. Like you look in the classrooms and they're, they're very clearly uh, widely spaced. Now it fits yeah. within the aesthetic of the, yeah. of the show where you can go, oh, it's just one of those quirky things that they do at this mm-hmm. school. But you, you really look at it and you're like, those desks are, at least six feet apart. They're staggered. It's not even like in a straight line. Uh, a lot of the indoor shots are solo shots or just the four kids, uh, presumably the four kids, you know, like a bubble it, or something. Yeah. Yeah. They, like a, yeah. 
the quarantine bubble group. But I mean, a good section of this episode was just uh, sticky stuck in a, a weird room. Yeah. Like, I love that room. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, that room was great. I loved that their torture of Sticky was literally just your chair is uneven. The clock yeah. doesn't tick at a normal rate. The 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 aquarium is on a tilt, so the water's yeah. not level with the top. It's like, <laughs> and it's driving him bonkers. It, I just like that. It was very good. I really enjoyed. Something about this series. It's it's like I can't quite put my finger on it. Of like, I love in the fact that it's just a bit different. It's a bit. I just I keep going back to the word kooky. It's just um. It feels different, and I'm really liking that about it. Um, you know, the whole way that they're all doing stuff, and the, the, you know, everyone's a bit of odd, and all the adults are a bit strange as well. They're all a bit odd, um, and I like that. I just there's something about this series which is it's very charming, and uh, it's a little bit slower. It's a little bit slower than I thought. It seemed quite fast. The first episode was very like, but there's not really been a lot of action. There's not a lot, so I don't know if our kids are going to get a little bit bored of it, but. I'm really enjoying it. It's a very, I think it's, this one's going to be an underrated series. And hopefully some people will check it out because it's so different. But so It's so fresh and original as well. Yeah. And we're only halfway there. I mean, I think there's eight episodes for this and this was episode four. Um, while it is a bit slow in terms of like, uh, you know, there's no action scenes, there's no fighting. Uh, and there's been a couple small ones. The first episode of course yeah. had the, the or sorry second episode had like the whole maze and whatnot mm. but uh yeah it, it's more cerebral than than say the marvel shows are but it is still progressing like we had significant plot progression here uh you know mr benedict himself is doing important things the two women are yeah. are advancing their characters we're getting hints of what the older uh janitor outdoorsy yeah person, Milliken, what's going on with him I think something like that yeah, yeah. Uh, we know that there's something weird with him. He's lost his memory and he's slowly kind of getting hints yeah. of what it is back. And then of course the four kids themselves are developing their personalities. I'm really starting to like uh, Constance quite yeah. a bit. The the quirky youngest girl who's just completely unlike the other three. She has well, a lot got, of personality. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just as a whole, it's just, it's becoming a, it's just a fun series and it? it is great. Um, and I am, really enjoying this series um and it's that kind of thing it's just something a little bit fresh and it is while it's set in a in a school it doesn't feel like they're in a school in that same way it doesn't they're not having all the traditional like high school drama and stuff that we're getting in the other shows it just feels a very kind of out on its own compared to some of the other disney plus originals um yeah i definitely would recommend people check that one out yeah, it, especially when you compare it to, say, Love, Victor and High School Musical, which are both very much enmeshed in this love triangle or mm. figuring out what love is. And this one is just like, now these kids are weird yeah. and they're having fun and they're doing dangerous things. Did you watch this week's episode of Love, Victor? I did watch this one. Yes. Uh, A very different tone, isn't it? let's not talk about this one too much because i don't think we can talk about it and keep this show pg no it's, it's, um, it's very much along the lines of this is where love victor feels like it was like we're no longer because the original series was always made for disney plus and then they moved it to hulu because they felt that it didn't quite fit well the second season definitely feels along the lines of we're not making it for disney plus anymore we can push the boundaries a little bit more making it a much better show a bit more realistic with teenagers 
yeah, but this one here is where they all, they all head off, all the couples head off to a cabin you know, to get the jiggy on, and that's basically mm-hmm. it. And yeah, how that they is all kind literally of... the plot. <laughs> that's literally <laughs> the plot. Um, and it, I, it's great. I mean, I'm really I'm looking forward to next week when I start getting new episodes because um, I've I haven't watched it for like four weeks. And um, Love Victor to me is almost that kind of thing. It's actually I would say the most interesting of the high school shows because it's it treats the high school stuff like it more like it really is it's a little bit obviously a bit more i think but out of all the ones that we've had on disney plus because obviously internationally it's it is on disney plus it just i don't know it just feels a bit more real there's some real problems and some real issues that they're dealing with in the second season has really kind of edged up what they're doing um i i thought that i think that was this last past week's episode was the best out of the four i've seen so far i, I really enjoyed it it was it was really good and it did tackle some very tough subjects mm. not tough in the like the same way that we've had traditionally with this but you know teenagers uh exploring what it means to be yeah. an adult or a teenager yeah. and handling it pretty maturely yeah it 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 gets a little convenient yeah. at points. It wraps things up in a nice little bow uh, in a in a happy way, but it doesn't shy away. And I think they do a good job of discussing the issue and uh, advancing various relationships. Uh, not one relationship very specifically, yeah. uh, but that's still uh, yeah. an important point. And they still manage to stick some humor in there without yeah. it being cringy, which is yeah. actually given the subject matter really difficult to do yeah um they made high school musical series which this one was they were all on spring break and all in quarantine and all doing it through zoom calls they ended up doing a zoom like presentation and there was a couple of nice songs and gina was stuck in an airport with a guy who i um i recognized him for the andy mac show so i think they used to work together on that um again i mean the whole thing i think um ricky had a really interesting he had some couple of songs he was like dealing with his mum and everything changing and you know losing and i thought that was a good there was a good couple of scenes with him but overall again just another episode where you kind of got to the end and went i was 40 minutes where nothing again nothing is this felt and again the more doing all this zoom stuff it was like they extended the season by two episodes and this was an episode that just didn't need to exist it just didn't um it's a strange one. There just seems to be no hype about this series at all. I did do some polls and stuff to see um, if people are watching. About half the people aren't, half them are. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of hype about this series. And you'd think with, you know, that they would be pushing it a lot more. But it doesn't seem to be. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm gonna be honest, like I said before. I've, I'm not really enjoying this second season anywhere near as much as I like the first one. There's still some great songs and some great performances in here. But if you take that out, you can watch them on YouTube. You do, if you watch the two performances on YouTube, you don't need to watch the show because nothing else happens. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> absolutely, you can just just watch those two, and then you're you're fine. So that one was a little again. I just I'm kind of at the point now where I'd like let's just get this show to the end. Let's just get it to the end and be done. Um, also, we had a new Simpsons short, uh, the Good, the Bart, and the Loki. Um, short would be the word for it. Um, this felt like. I don't. It, it ended, and then we ended up with like a road, load of random scenes that have like almost like the, the stuff they wanted to do but couldn't. But what did you think of it? Honestly, the TVA scene in the post credits was the best part of the thing. That yeah, uh, did you you saw that part of it? Right? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That because otherwise it was literally just like a clip show. It, yeah. it was okay. Loki gets sent to Earth, and he shows up at the Simpsons, and uh, Homer 
really likes him and yeah. and and then it's like okay here's a whole bunch of simpsons characters dressed as avengers okay thanks uh come back next week or you know that was that was it well that, that was it because it, you know that like they they all arrived and then it was over and i'm like hey well, hey we didn't even get like i don't know it just it's like okay we're gonna do this i like in the idea of them doing more of this but i can see why they didn't promote it more because it would have been a bit of a disappointment because I think if people have been tuning in for it, they would have been, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it, but I wish they'd done, you know, they had that big poster of all the characters all done up, you know, and you know, I'm expect nothing didn't, you know, they were in it for like 20 seconds or not even 20 seconds. Um, I it was fun, but it wasn't, it didn't, I don't think it was anywhere near as good as the other previous, uh, the Maggie Simpson, because it wasn't even a story. <laughs> I mean, the closest thing you have to a story is that um, Loki pretends to be Bart for a short yeah. time, long enough for for uh, for them to ad- basically adopt him into the family and just be like, "Oh yeah, Bart got flung into the sun or something." Whatever. We like Loki more anyway, and, yeah. and that and that yeah. that's the story. That's the closest thing to a story we have in this. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, um, but it didn't do a lot. It was a bit. It, I didn't feel like it was a waste of five minutes. But I'm never going to watch it again. And honestly, if we talked about it next week instead of this week, I probably couldn't tell you what happened. No. We also had a new episode of Star Wars The Bad Batch, which again was another episode with The Bad Batch barely in it. And um, this was all about connecting it up with Star Wars Rebels, with um, Hera's family and what happened with that one. I'm going to, I wasn't so hot on this episode. I felt a little bit like this was just generic Star Wars 101. It didn't really. Yeah, I don't know. I just really didn't think much of this episode. Yeah, this was definitely another episode of Filoni and the writers just being like, let's pull in uh, this other random element that that we really like, that we're attached mm-hmm. to, and we'll stick it into the Bad Batch, and they'll encounter Hera and Chopper, and uh, and that's the story. And I definitely agree on that point where it's just like, is this the Bad Batch show, or is this the uh, the Dave Filoni's favorite character show? Which yeah. I'd be fine with, but advertise it as that rather than as the Bad Batch. One thing I will say in favor of the episode, however, it really felt like the production value of this particular episode was amazing. Now, we've had no reason to complain about production values this season at all, but this one felt like it was on a different level. Like the scenery design, the landscape, the way they built Ryloth and the and the the moon, the lighting that they were using, the designs, uh, and then the framing sequences. It looked amazing. This this was just a beautiful episode. But again, it's not the bad batch. They're in it for like twenty seconds. Yeah, I actually got to a point of going. I actually I was like, have they actually been in it yet? <laughs> and of course, then you have like Omega and Hara kind of like have a bit of a moment and like, oh, we're friends now. Like you've been in a room together for two minutes. And, know, you know, what, and that's what you can do with kids. You just check them around with best friends. But I was going to say, they're, they're kids. You, you, you can definitely make a best friend on the playground and then never see them ever again yeah. in your life. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it, I, I like, again, but what I did like, it was again establishing that the empire starting to push the boundaries, starting to push it. They're starting to push back and go, right, we want control of this place. We want control of that place. We're starting to see that coming in. And obviously we need to start building up the... I still, I also like the fact that the clones are still working for them. You still got the drop ships. It still feels like we're, like we're at the end of the Clone Wars, because obviously Hera is still a kid, so we're 10, 15 years away from Rebels. But liking that whole aspect of the fact that they, they haven't just instantly just made everything 
you know changed everything or the ships haven't suddenly all changed overnight they're still having that kind of connection with the clone wars yeah and and you can still see the transition happening yeah. though because like the ships that the the clones are using the the regular clones are using are, are a bit more rounded they're a bit more of that uh kind of retro styling of the clone wars but the ship that the bad batch are using which they stole from the imperial yeah. shipyards of course has the much more menacing appearance of yeah. the imperial ships that we're used to from the original trilogy so there you can see that contrast even though it's the hero ship because it's theirs yeah. You, you can see the imperial aesthetic versus the Clone Wars aesthetic. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I it's it's a it's a good series. I mean, we still got a, we still got about another month or so of new episodes. So hopefully, it will get somewhere at some point. But still enjoying it. It's just it's, again, it was I don't know what it was. So a little bit out on this one. We also had two new episodes of Monsters at Work drop on Wednesday. Uh, what did you think of those two? So I really enjoyed the first episode quite a bit. I I it was fun to get back into the world and, and kind of set up the current status quo and the way they built into it. The second episode didn't grab me quite as much. Um, maybe by the ending it did, but it really felt like this was the, the setting, the plot and most of the first half of the episode or first three quarters of that episode were really just let's move the characters into the position that we want them to be in at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much like, okay, so now we've established what's going on and why you're not going to see the old characters here, the new ones, um, moving forward. And I mean, like I said, I talked about it last week because of, uh, we, I saw it in advance. Um, it's a nice, solid show. It'll be interesting how this goes each week to week. Nice to have it on a Wednesday. Obviously, we're going to be getting that a lot more now. So we've got a little bit more stuff to watch. Um, it is, it's a bit of an odd one. It's a bit of um, I like the series. I still don't know whether or not it needed to exist. What do you think? It definitely does look like a 20 year old Pixar movie, now, doesn't it? Uh, I'll be generous and make it 10 or 15 years. <laughs> but yeah, it it's not up to the current cinema qualities. Yeah. Not, not that we expected it to. I would still, I would say it looks better than the first yeah. Monsters Inc. Uh, definitely not as good as Monsters University, but. Um, it fits, doesn't it? You don't feel like it, it does, it's not jarring at all with that. No. Uh, it, it works well within. Mm within what it looks like. Mike looks like you remember him. Yeah. Sally looks like you remember him. Um, is her name? Roz. Atelia. Well, Roz, C- Celia. certainly. C- Celia. Celia, right. Celia. Yeah. Uh, it It's good to see them all again. Uh, it was fun that they got the voice actors back. I actually really liked that they got the janitors back. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the two little comedic sidekicks from the first movie. I'm just, yeah. I, I, they were two of my favorite characters yeah. just because they're so geeky and stupid and uh, i'm glad that they were back but then this is the thing with voiceover work it's much easier to get somebody back in to do it because obviously they don't have to go through you know getting somebody in you know they have to fly them all over the place they can just do it in a recording booth and you know they don't have to do all the makeup it's a lot easier for them to get them in to do a load you know they do one day's taken or a couple of days and you can get the whole season knocked out it's a much different kind of approach than doing so i just like the fact that we have got billy crystal and john goodman doing the voice of the i think that would have been a little bit it keeps it at that that level of like this is what very noticeable the fact that they don't mention that disney television are making it but they also a lot of people assume that pixar are making it it's a kind of the amount of people oh it's pixar's first just like no it's not theirs they are making it. it's got nothing to do with pixar um but i think i think even the quality of it, it it's it's quite high They've definitely gone in with a lot of love for this series. A lot, of the, you know, they're respecting it. And two episodes overall, it's like, okay, this is this is a nice continuation. 
And they did a very good job of recreating uh, a lot of the scenes mm-hmm. from the first movie, uh, the, the scare floor or the laugh yeah. floor, depending on what you think about it being the obvious one. But you can tell that uh, they really did take a close look at how Monsters, Inc. was designed in that first movie and stuck with that design rather than as you occasionally see on stuff like this. It was like, well, it's been 20 years. Let's update the design for yeah. modern aesthetics. It was like, no, this this happens literally the day after the yeah. movie ends. It should not look radically different. No, it's a good series. I'm looking forward to going on from there, where we go with this show. Um, nice, nice bit of variety now. Like you say, there's a lot of variety. I mean, you look at like this, what we've got, Bad Batch, Loki, Benedict Society, Monsters of War, nice little bit of mist change up. Then you throw in all the star original stuff like Love, Victor, Modoc, um, like Rebel. Let's not toss Modoc in there. Well, it's just, yeah, but then what I'm meaning is like, you just got a bit I know of variety. You, I know what you mean. You got a bit of variety. We've got um, War of the Worlds season two coming to UK next week. So that'll be, again, something different. We got like American Dad started here in the UK on Wednesday as well, and the latest season there. So again, a nice bit of variety. I didn't um, even so, realize American Dad was still going. Yeah, honestly. season seventeen. I, season seventeen. I mean, I don't. I I I haven't watched it. I think since season one. <laughs> I just show that. I just. I never. I didn't gel with it when it came out. Like twenty years ago, <laughs> I still haven't. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I've caught an episode here, an episode there. I think the only thing that would draw me in is if someone could like bring up a list of Patrick Stewart episodes that are worth watching because I know he's in it. Yeah, it's, it's I, I was a little bit on the lines of it's like uh, I don't not sure, it's like twenty weeks of it. It's like I don't I'll give I'll get, I need to give it another go. See how I get on with it. Um, it in some ways, I think I got used to solar opposites. It was funny because I was talking to some friends yesterday. And saying, you know, we were saying about like, oh, there's not a lot of comedy around anymore. And I said, if you want comedy now, you have to look to these uh, animated TV series because they seem to be the only ones that seem to be able to kind of still get away with um, comedy that, you know, that pokes fun at people because obviously, you know, uh, sitcoms and stuff have just stopped all of that. Um, and it, I did say, I said, if you want to watch something and have a laugh, I said, things like Soul Opposites, Family Guy, I think that's basically your way of, of watching this kind of stuff to get some comedy right now. Um, but no, I'm lots of different choices. Um, let's now, as I said, we um, we watched anything else on Disney Plus as well. I've been saying about my um, Walking Dead like marathon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have been watching Modoc. I'm not up to the point where it's at in uh, the UK right now. Honestly, I don't feel particularly motivated to, to I, watch it. I haven't watched it for a few episodes. I've kind of I drifted off of it. It didn't keep my attention going. I, it doesn't know what it wants to be as near as I can tell. Like, is it a comedy? Is it um, a depressing look at Modoc trying to claw his life back together? I honestly it, couldn't figure it out. And also, I mean, this is the thing as well. I mean, like I say, if, you know, we're now getting in here in the UK 10 to 12 shows a week now dropping. And it is getting to that thing of like, so there are some shows that I've just, I just stopped watching. And it feels so strange. <laughs> just like, yeah, well, I mean, obviously we were like watching everything, but now like, like, you know, no, no, right. Skip that. I'm, I haven't, you know, if I'm not enjoying it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to continue to watch a show. I don't like to do reviews for, because I just feel like that's just, I'm only going to give it bad reviews <laughs> at that point. So it's like no point, but definitely interesting. Let's now move on to the big topic of the week. And we're going to talk about um, Black Widow. So warning, we are going to talk about spoilers, but I think if you've seen the trailer, you've know the spoilers. Because um, this is one of those movies where I was like, I got to them and wow, every single best bit of that series of that movie was in that trailer. It was 
it it was a, a little bit along the lines of I wasn't sure how little it felt like I'd seen every scene I'd seen in that tra- in those trailers, which was very strange. I hadn't really felt that before. And I watched it on Premier Access. I brought it. Per- I purchased it yesterday and watched it in the afternoon. I um, mean, my wife watched it, and it was one of those things of like watched. And I kind of got to the end. It was like going, that really could have been a Disney Plus show. And I think having watched Marvel every week for like it feels like for the last like six months, I was expecting the give <laughs> a point to kind of kick in. And I was like going, wow, it's like there's a couple of big scenes, but it's like we could have really done with a bit more like it's weird of like coming into like MCU like after watching TV series of like are they going this movie could have should have come out about four years ago before Endgame and this could have been a series. And I just, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Is that, what did you think of it? I'm in, I'm in basically the same boat. I think the best parts of this movie were uh, the, just the conversation bits between the various family members. Now, as we know from the movie, they're not actually family, but it's easiest to consider them that way. So Natasha talking to Yelena, Yelena talking to Red Guardian, that, that that scene in the bedroom with Red Guardian trying to comfort Yelena, but making it all about him was one of my favorite scenes in the movie and, and him, her calling him out on it. And yeah. it, those were the best bits. Now the action scenes were pretty good minus the odd love for slow motion, which was getting a little irritating at certain points, but uh, they kind of dropped it off towards the end. Like the final fights didn't have it as much. It was more noticeable in the beginning. Um, but yeah, if you took the budget that came from like the Red Room, you know, that, that whole like building that they made for the Red Room at the yeah. end and maybe change up the, the prison plot a bit, there's no reason this couldn't have been a, a four to six episode mm. uh, Disney Plus series. Absolutely. I, before we go further on that, uh, I do need to tangent though. This has been bothering me all week long. Uh, so I saw it in theaters. Yeah. This is my return to theater. Yeah. Um, did not go to a theater once last year to since like 2019. Mm-hmm. And the, the show started at six 15. The movie did not start until six 45. Yeah. Uh, it, even by trailer standards, that's like, that's insane. 30 minutes worth of trailers on here. Uh, but the one that really got to me wasn't even a real trailer. It was a trailer for black widow. Yeah. Which to begin with, like, what are you doing? This is the movie yeah. I'm literally here to see. It was actually a trailer for the theater. And yeah. the theater was like, isn't it so much better to watch movies in the theater? I'm like, yeah, if you'd show me the movie, <laughs> I've been sitting here for 30 minutes waiting for the movie to start. And like, this is not how you get me coming back to the theater. <laughs> I it, The movie started right after that. That was the final trailer. But I was just like, what are you doing please don't that, do this there's always that one as well like the the advert for like the co- co- concession stand just, like, just get on oh, they, already. they had that one too they had m&ms as well um the m&m one's actually entertaining they have good commercials but the coke one was definitely just like can we can, can we move on please unless you're going to attach like yeah. a, a coupon to this where i can get uh you know a popcorn for two or three dollars off i don't care about this commercial yeah. anyway that's the tangent sorry i had to get that off my chest especially that theater trailer it's like well there's a lot of uh, there's been a lot of discussion in the facebook group this week about premier access a load of people for it a load of people against it um, i did it on premier access because ultimately we're still in um partial um restrictions so you'd have to wear a mask while you're watching it 
And also we still have track and trace. So if we went to it and there was somebody there, then we ended up getting pinged in isolation. Now that's still going on for about another month or so. So it was a bit along the lines of, I went, honestly, it's not worth me going, you know, if there's somebody there I don't know. And then it was like, yeah, I it wasn't worth the risk for me to have two weeks of of my cafe closed and all the rest of it. It was just like, no, it's not, it's not worth the risk. So I watched on Premier Access, whether or not I felt like it, it's like, is it worth 1999? Um, that's the English pounds. Right, 30, 20 30, pounds, 30 dollars. So it's like 20 quid. And I'm like, well, I would have paid, it would have been six quid to go to the cinema. My wife watched it as well. So I can discount. And it, she, yeah, she didn't think much of it, but um, she's getting, she's bored of Marvel now because there's too many of them. Um, <laughs> and so therefore there's two of us. My the moment my dad is going to watch it because he's got access to my account, so I'll be telling him he can go in and watch it as well. Um, so there's another other thing. Um, so therefore, that I can get like there's a few of us that have watched it. I'm going to watch it again um, next week, and it was that kind of thing. Like, yeah, was it worth it? Yeah, you know, we we're able to sit on the couch. The dog got dogs on us, did some treats, and you know, we could lie out in comfort. We didn't have to sit through all the adverts. I could fast forward through the end credits to get to the end scene, <laughs> save myself ten minutes of didn't have to drive down to town. I'm like, you know, there's a load of people talking about how Premier Access is great and love people are loving it. There's a load of people that are loving Premier Access. A lot of people that like families, people that, you know, they've got maybe there's health issues. There's just the fact of, you know, they just think it's cheaper. They get, they all get the treats in. They can all sit around. They can stop it when the kid needs to pee, you know, and, and then they got a load of other people that go, it's expensive. I've got no money. I can't do this. I don't want it. We should be supporting this. And it's such a, well, like a wave and there's a load of people going to cinema because the, the box office numbers are very are the highest it's been and they're predicting just i think just shy of a million 100 million um box office a lot of people are going to see it but how does disney plus premier access kick in you know we're not we're probably not going to find that out um until this experiment is all over but i enjoyed it i like the fact of being able to sit at home with, you know i got a big big screen i've got big speakers um i watched you know we had a, we made an afternoon of it and it was lovely and you know it was that kind of thing i did <laughs> i was like i'm paying for this so we're going to enjoy it. <laughs> no the old, no phone we're paying for it <laughs> the older i get the more I, I feel that that i spent money on this we're going to have fun whether you want to or not you know i, I definitely agree with that now i will say um as uh my my typical spiel on this as a single person normally the premiere access doesn't work for me i live by myself 30 dollars yeah. just doesn't make sense if i had got this on premiere access i think it would have been worth it for me i would definitely be watching this a second time uh before it hits normal access on disney whenever that will be I, uh, uh, beginning of october i guess beginning of october uh i think that this would have been worth it now uh I would not have said the same about Raya. I would not have said the same about um, Cruella. Mulan. Well, I haven't seen Cruella yet. So oh, I, yeah. I, I'm, I presume probably not Cruella, but I can't say for sure. Mulan was the one I was thinking yeah. of. Um, so this one I would have, though. This one I, I think would have been worth it, even for uh, myself, because I definitely would have watched it the second time. Mm. Yeah, I no, still I, might, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go see, I'm gonna go see uh, Free Guy when it comes out, because the restrictions will all be over by then. Um, but going back to Black Widow, I think there was a lot of things I liked about it. I was not so keen on the reveal of the villain. Um, it, and I got no idea who Taskmaster is, so I know it's very different from the comic books. Yes. Um, it was kind of obvious where they were going with it. You could see it coming a mile away. 
And I just thought Taskmaster was such a cool villain, just looked great. A very kind of how they did it. I mean, almost made him look super powered because obviously he um, mimics because he was showing like Black Panther and um, Hawkeye, etc. I thought I really enjoyed all that aspect of it. Wasn't it enough? I would like a little bit more of um because Black Widow like essentially. I mean, she only was she fought him what twice. There was only really like. Yeah, she fought him twice, and Red Guardian fought him once. But yeah. of course, one of the two fights was the the one from the trailer, the yeah. falling from the sky, jumping between falling yeah. buildings, absolute ridiculousness. Yeah. Uh, kind of couldn't suspend my disbelief all that much on that sequence, but I just kind of tried to ride it. It, uh, it would have if it was like four, you could believe it because you'd be like thinking about what well, he can fly and he can but with her just jumping from thing to thing like yeah if i i know when i fell out of a plane um i wasn't like <laughs> i was gonna land there <laughs> i don't think the landing part is the problem it's the landing at a safe speed <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> which she did not no. um but whatever we'll we'll yeah gloss over that one while acknowledging that it is problematic um i i did feel like taskmaster was a bit wasted on this i mm. i i would like to see a lot more with this character mm. uh now if they wanted to do taskmaster traditionally go back to the the original version i'm fine with that if they want to continue to use this character i'm fine with that i think they deserve to be explored a bit more and this is i think where having it be a disney plus series really would have been an advantage we could have gotten to know this character yeah, I mean, I don't know whether or not they can reuse Taskmaster and put somebody else in it. I mean, the tech- I, no, no, I, I don't think yeah. they would, but the, they have done that. Well, the heck, the the Legend of the Ten Rings is yeah. basically reusing that concept because Mandarin should have been uh, the Ten Rings, and now we're yeah. doing it with Shang Chi's father. Yeah, so who knows? But I mean, I did like the overall aesthetic of the character. Kind of looked like a droid, kind of robot, kind of thing. Um, again, I'm not too familiar with the character from from the comic books I've just played Adam in video games and stuff. And it's just always been a bit cool, but I didn't mind it. I l- did love, um, is it red guardian or crimson? Yeah. Red guardian. I mean, not I'm not crimson fa- dynamo. Red guardian. Yeah, see, <laughs> see, I'm not, I wasn't really familiar. I've not really read any of the books with him in and he hasn't really appeared in very many video games, but um, I enjoyed that character a lot. He was, pr- I really enjoyed his kind of, you know, bitter, twisted, you know, obsessed with Captain America. Of course, Captain America probably doesn't even know he exists. You know, I liked the way they did it. I like that whole aspect to him. Um, yeah, Yana, um, I thought she was great. I thought that she, her attitude, you know, like the, the little quips, you know, I really liked. And, you know, the, the, the pose stuff. I mean, that was so funny. Like with, and she, I feel like she stole the show. Um, Florence Pugh in this one was just was just great. Honestly, both her and Red Guardian, I would love to see more of. I know that we will see her in Hawkeye. Um, yeah. We we already know she's cast, and then obviously the end credit sequence kind of mm-hmm. cemented that. Um, but uh, David Harbour as oh, Red Guardian was fantastic. Uh, yeah. I I would totally watch a Disney Plus series just about him. Throw in Falcon or Captain yeah. America now and just have them do basically just redo falcon and winter soldier but instead falcon and red guardian buddy cop it up i would i think that would be awesome yeah he he that just worked so well um but i i really enjoyed that whole aspect with uh ivana i just really just thought it's like if you're going to set up a new black widow she's different enough from scarlett johansson 
and but obviously got that connection and obviously this is setting up the new avengers and you know she's i think she's going to be part of the team obviously with um val and dark uh, with the patriot and all the rest of it you know we're gonna get not not on patriot u.s agent u.s agent um so you're kind of seeing where they're going with all this with putting together this new team and if she's going to be the future of the mcu for the next 10 years um, I'm. I mean, I think she. I think she did really well in this. Um, the character, the little quips, having fun with it, but also a bit more edgy. Um, I just like. I just thought. Just thought she was a really good one. Um, just a great character as well. And the whole connection, obviously, with Scarlett um, Johansson with her, I think that worked. I still feel like this movie should have come out years ago. Now it just felt no, like. And then we. It's like you know we're gonna do this, and then suddenly we're you know, she's now got the outfit from Avengers and I'm like, oh we're here here's the your your top. I'm well like, okay. And I'm like, okay, I know that what you're trying to do with this, but and then her hair changes and like two weeks later, I'm like, what like <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about this one because this is my biggest problem with the movie. Not the the vest, but the the ending. Um now so as far as I'm concerned, the movie basically ends after they break out of the red room and yeah. we have the whole falling out of the sky nonsense. You've got then William Hurt showing up as Thunderbolt Ross yeah. in a completely different subplot that goes absolutely nowhere and has no impact on the movie yeah. whatsoever. Literally, the, the plot goes something like Black Widow goes, we're going to call in Agent Ross to do something. I'm like, yeah. okay, Ross is going to show up. He's going to be important in the final battle. No, he literally shows up after the battle is done, arrests Black Widow, maybe, doesn't even happen on screen, but presumably he does because she she sticks around and waits for him because yeah well i don't get why um and then literally right after that it's like two weeks later she's not in prison she's got her hair cut it's bleached blonde uh she's got the vest and she's talking openly about breaking into the raft and and mm-hmm. breaking people out i'm like well, we skipped some major important plot points here. <laughs> it was a bit long as it would have made more sense had she jumped in a ship and escaped and and then said, I'm going to go rest. He's like, we didn't need, they could have done that. I don't know, just, I don't know, yeah, it, like you say, it was, a, that ending felt a bit jarring. And obviously we had the post-end credit scene, which again was a bit like, mm, yeah, I'm like, obviously this movie should have come out last year, and then we would have had Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, which might have made a little bit more sense with her. But then that would have been made sense if, I don't know if they reshot the ending for this one, because Obviously, Val's entrance in Falcon and the Winter Soldier was so much better than it was in this in this this one. Well, but it's hard to gauge how this would have gone if we didn't know who Val was moving into this. If that had been that the introduction to the character, uh, and to have uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus mm-hmm. there out of the blue, like, whoa, what what is Elaine from Seinfeld or, or whatever yeah. the character's name from Veep is? Yeah. Uh, doing here and what is she doing with the new black widow but of course because we had falcon and the winter soldier first we go oh she's putting together a thunderbolt style team or dark avengers uh so we already know who the character is i am curious too if they if they changed the sequence or if they had something else intended if this had come out uh back in the beginning of 2020 like it was supposed to i don't think we'll get an answer to that but it was a bit underwhelming as an end credit sequence for that. But it also might explain why we've not seen anything of Hawkeye. Um, if they had to get Black Widow out, and maybe that was why they were like, Black Widow has to come out. So <laughs> we can't, otherwise we're going to have to lay Hawkeye. Um, 
But, but I mean, yeah, def- definitely it, sets, <laughs> sets that one up. You know, you, you have to do. But, but at the same time, it's not like it was anything particularly noteworthy. It's no. just like, here's your target. And it's yeah. like, okay, cool. Um, there's no reason we couldn't have seen like a Hawkeye trailer before this. I presume they're actually holding it back because they want to start the hype closer to when Hawkeye actually comes yeah. out. Well, they, well, yeah, I mean, they've got to focus now on black. You know, they've got like four things before that comes out. Yeah, we've, we've got two movies. What if possibly some other small projects? Well, you, well I mean, we've still got we got what if we got Loki to finish off. Then they've got um, Shang-Chi. Then we're going to have Hawkeye, then Eternals, and then probably then Miss Marvel. Or Miss Marvel, then Hawkeye, one of the two. Um, so you've kind of got a lot of. I think I think Hawkeye is full. I think that one is going to be um, the next series. Um, but yeah, it's definitely definitely. It was it was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. It did feel a little bit like we're getting to the end of it, and it was like, okay, is this you know, remember this big like the the big baddie just gets like killed in a fire, fireball? Um, it would have that, that was a little unsatisfying. It would have been nice had. Uh, like Black Widow actually done it. I mean, the whole thing was very like. No, I mean, it's useless now. She can't taste anything. You know, she literally ruined the rest of her life being able to eat because she set set her nose. To, I mean, to be fair, she's only got like two years left. After yeah, so she's this. never enjoyed much. So no. Um. So that I mean, I I kind of I like that aspect of the fact that that she like outwitted him a little bit of like pre-planned what she was doing. Um. There's a load of great. There's a load of great fight scenes. It just I would have loved this movie to have been out before Endgame. It doesn't, and it doesn't feel like it was a good kickoff to Phase Four, and it isn't for us because we've had three series ahead of it. And also, and it might sound really strange. I know Falcon and the Winter Soldier was very grounded, and I think Black Widow was very grounded as well. But I think with One Division and Loki at the minute, and uh, having this like weekly episode thing of like of us getting used to having these little short clips of the MCU, it was a bit like kind of ending and going, well, are we having another one next week? <laughs> I could have done with Black Widow Part 2 next week. Um, that was my <laughs> thing of it, but yeah. So I wouldn't have minded it coming out after Endgame, regardless. I think you're right, though. It probably would have made, actually would have made more sense coming out right after Civil War, honestly. Yeah. But um, if this had come out before the Disney Plus show, so even before WandaVision came out, if it had come out when it was expected to come out, I think I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah. But having gotten that taste of what the longer form storytelling can do, especially for smaller characters, uh, it does feel like it's not quite up to the same par of what we from, expect from Falcon, Winter Soldier, Loki, WandaVision, simply because as I'm watching the movie, as I said earlier, I'm like, I want to know more about these characters. I want to see more of Red Guardian. I want to see more of Yelena. I want it even want to see more of Rachel Wise's character, mm. you know, uh, sure. They probably wouldn't have added too much because she's supposed to be mysterious. You're not sure about yeah. her motives, etc. But that has been the strength of the Disney plus series. Mm. We get to meet these characters. We get to get into their heads. They don't get the screen time they deserve in movies and they do get them in the Disney plus shows. Mm. And if, if they obviously you can't retroactively like unshoot the movie or anything, yeah. but if they had been able to divert, the budget for the special effects in the prison and the red room, they could have easily turned this into uh, a six episode. Series. I mean, I think, I think the whole thing of like having Black Widow as a movie was fine. I just, I feel like we, a, we should have had it after, after before and before infinity war, we needed this before infinity war. That was the key thing. It should have been out. If you, it felt a little bit weird of like going back as well, 
of like going, you know, oh, we this is set after the, you know, they kind of set it up, or set after it, Civil War, like, and then they kind of, oh, now I'm going off to rescue them. Yeah, and then, well, then now, now you're dead. And like, okay, it, it, I know it's like a prequel, but it's a prequel sequel. It was like, it was, you know, trying to explain that, like, to people, you know, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. I definitely feel like it, I, I enjoyed it. And there's loads of things in there that I want to watch again. I'm going to go back and watch it. There's some great scenes. But it was like that whole like rooftop scene. It's like, I've seen this. It got to the end of it. I've seen, I feel like, a, and the chase scene, it was like so much of it had been shown in the trailer. And like, even her just standing there at the end and doing the, the hero pose of like, wow, they really showed a lot in that opening trailer that kind of gave away pretty much every major scene in this movie. Yeah, I, I can't really disagree with that. Obviously, the details are still, you know, within the movie, but it's not the kind of movie that's going to throw you for a lot of twists. It, yeah. It's not trying to. It, yeah. It's not a movie that thinks it's smart and isn't. It, it's a movie that knows exactly what it is, but it's not going to twist you up. It, in many ways, though, that is kind of what you want going back to the theaters, though. You want the comfort popcorn movie don't have to think too hard about it. Don't have to, you know, follow the twists and the turns. You just go, I'm going to go watch uh, Scarlett Johansson uh, smack a whole bunch of people around. Uh, we're going to have the trademark funny moments from Marvel. Uh, there'll be some good action sequences. There'll be some set sequences. And we're good to go. Uh, we don't need to go too deep on it's it. It's kind of funny because I don't know if I'd really expect it kind of was like one of the more funnier is like kind of in the Ant-Man Guardians territory of that humor in there. With a lot more humor than I was expecting. To be honest, Ant-Man, Paul Rudd, and uh, Harbor together in a series. I take it back. That's the series I want. I want (laughs) Ant-Man and Red Guardian. Uh, Those two bouncing off each other. It's got to be funny. I I would hope so, at least. That's what I want. I want Ant-Man and Red Guardian. So there we go. So that was um, this week's um, look. I said loads of stuff to watch, loads of stuff to talk about. So yeah, thank you very much for check- taking the time out and listening to us today. Make sure you go check us out over at whatsonatdisneyplus.com. Let us know in the comments below what you've been watching and what you thought of all of this. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you again to all of our supporters and you can become one over on Patreon or on our YouTube channel membership. And on that note, guys, thank you very much. We'll see you guys soon. Laters. Later. Later.